Welcome back. In the last episode, I spoke with a photographer that specializes in relationship photography and previously with two content creators in the Atlanta metro area. Today, I'm talking with a CEO, author, talk show host, award-winning film producer, and storyteller that is motivated by his desire to entertain, teach, and inspire. This special episode covers multiple areas of multimedia, so stay right here. This episode is sure to inspire and motivate you. Welcome to the Making Sense of Podcast. This is Daniel Douglas, your host, bringing strategies, tips, and interviews covering technology, photography, video, and all things multimedia. It starts right now. On the show with me today, I have the pleasure of having Forrest Tuff, the founder and CEO of One Vision Productions an award-winning multimedia agency that specializes in videography, photography, graphic design, streaming media, and aerial drone services. Forrest is an author, professional speaker, talk show host, and film producer that has over 180 movie credits to include documentaries, indie films, and a major motion picture with 20th Century Fox. Welcome to Making Sense of Multimedia Podcast, Forrest glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Thank you for actually coming on the show for us. I was really excited in talking with you. I could really fill about 10 minutes talking about all of the accolades and uh, awards and things that you've done. Uh, that would be a show of in itself. So what I want to do is, is start this morning and let's just start with your background. You're self-taught, is that correct? Yes, I yeah, am. Yes, self-taught uh, filmmaker. You won awards and, and you've served in multiple uh, capacities on various sets. So let's start with your filmography. Yeah, so my background in film really just came from my wanting to tell stories and you know, always having a camcorder when I was a kid. And that came from my mom. She was always video thing. So fast forward to when I started getting into the film business. It was one of those things where I wanted to tell stories and I didn't have the traditional understanding of how the film industry works. But one thing I knew that in order to put it together, you had to film it and it had to have a beginning, a plot and an end. (laughs) So with that, I just started to put projects together. And what was your most favorite project that you've done out of everything that you've done? 180 plus movies that you've been involved in and, and one with uh, 20th Century Fox. Which one stood out to you the most and why? Well, there's a project I did with the U.S. Department of Justice. And it was interesting because it stemmed from a government contract I had won with my company. So we're working with the U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and the film is on criminal justice reform. But it didn't originally start out as a film. It was an internal video. And I pitched to them the concept of let's make this a documentary. You know, let's package it like a film. So that process was very interesting because they had never done anything in that space, in that entertainment arena. So navigating that water for me was 
a very interesting process because I enjoyed the business aspects of making films and also the creative part. So having to navigate those two waters to create a film of impact was probably one of my most memorable projects and for various reasons. What was the name of that uh, project? The film was called Released. When does the sentence end? And what year was that? It was released in 2017. 17. Okay. Was Mm -hmm. that the one with uh, 20th Century Fox or? No, that was not the one with 20th Century Fox. Okay. So that was just with the Justice Department. That was the U.S. Department of Justice. Okay. Mm -hmm. With everything that's going on now with the current attorney general and not getting into politics, but um, you had the, I guess, vision to put together something like that and pitch it to the Justice Department. Uh, Was there a particular reason why uh, you chose that topic? Yeah, well, there was someone who worked in that department in the community outreach department that had a passion in that arena. And we've worked together for several uh, years. So when that opportunity came about, we had that, that conversation about if that could possibly happen and bringing my expertise as a filmmaker to really try to bring awareness to this platform was something that they were part of and they believed in the process. And I had the resume and skills to actually make a great pitch. And when we did together, that came about, that opportunity came about. And what was so amazing to me about this film is that it's like there's something you're creating, you're molding. And I think that's the biggest part that made this so impactful is that you had a lot of say-so in how the outcome of this happened. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you had to you had to stay within the parameters of the office to make sure their shareholders and you know their stakeholders and people were satisfied with the project. But it was such a tremendous project and had so much impact on a national level. The way you're describing it, and I can... I guess, relate to that. When I'm behind my camera, I I really get lost (laughs) in what I'm doing. (laughs) And and it's almost like I'm birthing a child. And it sounds to me like that's the same thing you did, especially with this film. Yeah. It's just amazing. And that leads me to one thing that when I was looking at your your biography and, and doing some research on you, I constantly saw that you you have this hope and desire to leave a legacy that inspires other others and what you say is to dare uh, to dare and believe uh that with faith and tenacity and the right team you can achieve great ambitions right so having said all of that and moving on you're also an author as if you don't have a lot of other things to do. <laughs> so you wrote a children's book. Uh, tell yes. me about that. So it's inspired by my kids. So, you know, I have, I have three daughters. Right. And a lot of times that storytelling comes into place. You know, it's time to put them to bed. I would tell these grand stories that I would make up in my mind. And I just watched them. Their eyes just, you know, wide open, like, Dad, finish the story. And I'm like, nope, tomorrow. And I remember they shared with me. They said, hey, can you? put this in a book so we could always have it. And that was the inspiration for the children's book. You know, that came from a place of motivation from my own children. And when I decided to now put together a book, I wanted to make something that actually 
once again, going back to that word legacy that had an impact mm-hmm. and my market was to get it into early childhood learning for kids. And so I was able to get the book in the school system. Was that national or just in the Atlanta? Uh, that was in the Atlanta market okay. in, the, in Georgia, just okay. to get it into the, the county school system. What was the name of the book? Things I Like 3D. And you just made that up? Yeah, just made it up. And, and your kids it, believed it too, I bet, didn't they? Oh, they loved it. I mean, <laughs> they loved it. I mean, because you think about it, man, it's like, that is the thing I think for us, for me as a man that brought out another side of myself and to, to see them, the validation of my daughters and just watching them, you know, believe that I can do something. It, it really made it possible for me to get to the finish line. I was able to put this book together within a three month period <laughs> from <laughs> writing to illustration, to making sure that it met with the school systems and Here's the thing about the catch was the book was in 3D. You got 3D glasses in the MP3. Okay. But, you know, it's kids. So, you know, they're going to lose the 3D glasses. Right. So you flip the book over and it's in 2D. Same thing, just without the glasses. Wow. Yeah. So that was the inspiration. And it was just fun when they saw it, you know, and I get to come to their schools as like author of the month and read at their school. It was just amazing to see that happen. So that was really the, the sole inspiration that spawned into something else. You know, in, in talking about children, I know you have three daughters, as you mentioned, um, and I have a daughter, as you and I talked about off mic. And I grew up in a house with five sisters <laughs> <laughs> and a mother. Uh, my father passed away when I was 12, so uh, wow. it, it wasn't easy growing up in a house, the only boy in the house growing up uh, with, right. with all those uh, girls and women in the house. Yeah. And I'm going to speak to that a little bit later on in the podcast, because there was something that in researching that I saw that stood out to me. So we'll talk about that in in a little bit. Okay. But you're working on a new book. Is that right? Yes, I am. And what's, what's that about? Can you talk about that book? Yeah. So the book that I'm working on now stems more from my motivational speaking. And so it's Live to Make an Impact. That's the name of the book. And it's more or less talking about leaving a legacy, you mm-hmm. know, making sure that what you do in this life, try to make an impact somewhere, whether it's for your family or make a difference and, you know, not just live life with no purpose. And I think that's really the gist of the book. If I could say it's like live with purpose and try to make some difference. And it, it could be simply just in your child's life or in your nephew or friend, but live to make a difference. And that's basically what the gist of the book is about. And everything that I've read about you and everything that I've listened to and watched and heard, you constantly go back to the legacy thing. Yeah. That, it, that seems to be prominent in your mind. Where does that come from? I think just watching history and, you know, you see... Black entrepreneurs or people before us that had to deal with different things or struggles or just making an impact in society to better society. And I think that's just something that resonated with me. You know, my father is a pastor and he's been in ministry now for 40 plus years. And I grew up watching him and my mother, of course, making a difference in people's lives, you know, doing missionary work, traveling to other countries and helping others and making a difference in the community. So I think 
that's probably where the bug came from. And it drew me to other people that were in that same space. And so I think for me, as I became a man and I started to find purpose, I started to look for purpose. I think that was something that was probably ingrained in me, mm-hmm. instilled in me at an early age. And now it's just kind of manifested through what I chose to do as a profession and in my personal life. There's, there's stories abound and we could sit here again for another 20 or 30 minutes and talking about this, but uh, I, I do <laughs> want to move on um, because we all have stories. We all That's have right. stories. I have mine uh, in growing up, but I want to talk about the business side because the, the podcast is on uh, multimedia. So right. let's talk about the business. You okay. are the CEO of One Vision Productions. Yes. What is One Vision Productions? One Vision is a multimedia company. Uh, We specialize in video production, graphic design, new media, streaming media, and also aerial drone services. And when you say new media, you mean? Anything online. Let's say you have any type of projects that you're trying to put together that aren't traditional. So let's say anything that's not necessarily on TV, you know, maybe music, podcasts, anything that's delivered digitally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that too uh, okay. in, in a minute. One of the other things that you also do is you, you talk about setting goals all the time. And in your speaking engagements, you're always talking about setting goals. I want to play a soundbite on that. Uh, from you talking about setting goals. Every year, I like to set goals for myself and my company. I do this by number one, saying it out loud. Two, writing it down. Three, go get it done. Speak about that for a minute. Yeah, I think not taking action leads to procrastination. Mm -hmm. And the steps of number one, saying it out loud, you now manifested something. You know, you said something and you believe it. You know, it's different when you keep it in and you just have it as a thought. But when you say it out, you manifest it. You know, you write down what you want to do because you need to see where you're going. What's the end game? And for me, the, the next step is to sensibly just go get it done. Start. You know, once you write it down, that's a part of creating your action plan, you know, seeing what the outcome is. And now go start. You know, don't think about it too long. Just go and, and find out. And there are going to be times that Everything's not going to work out, but now you go back and make adjustments. So the gist of it is say it, write it, do it. And the reason I brought that up is early on in my career and and my background uh, is in information technology. And I've been doing photography for a very long time. I had a real tough time getting started and getting motivated. I had goals in my head of things, you know, things that I wanted to do but I never wrote them down and I never got them off the <laughs> ground. <laughs> right. And in talking to some photographers today during uh, the global pandemic, they seem to be panicking uh, about their business. And you and I uh, talked off camera, uh, not off camera, but off mic mm-hmm. about what's going on with the pandemic. Your business, my business, mine is still at a standstill now, but I have talked to photographers that are viable and making it. And one of the reasons is that they've set goals for themselves and they executed those goals. 
You also talked about growing your business, and you and I again talked about what that is and what those challenges are in growing a business uh, in today's climate, given the pandemic and COVID nineteen. Right. How are you working that into your processes? For me, it's about innovation. It's looking at the pandemic from a different lens. It's almost to say, okay, we're in a pandemic. We know what that means. We can't leave. But as a media professional, we're designed for this moment. So now find those opportunities. So I had to stop looking at it as missed opportunities or, you know, the, the obvious. We can't go out and do a photography session. We can't go out and cover a corporate conference initially. Right. But as things change, you have to diversify. You start to have conversations with different contractors. There are some contractors that are willing to go out. They're willing to do work. And at the end of the day, you have to find ways to continue to do business. And if you can't go out, there's also editing services. There's also branding services. There's also marketing. There's a number of ways that you continue to make money and you just have to now really focus on those areas and drive your business towards towards the areas that you can make financial uh, gain and work with the people that are in that mindset or in that same vein to like, let's go do it. But it all starts with you as the leader. You have to have the mindset that, yes, I understand the pandemic. I empathize with everyone's concerns, but now I have to look at who's ready to make changes and who's ready to look at this out of this other lens so we can keep going. Right. Because, because there's been several reports and I, and I follow this stuff uh, religiously sometimes too much, (laughs) but it's predicted by 2024 that 40% of the physical businesses, if they don't change and, and look at virtual because Virtual presence is not going to go away. The pandemic hopefully will get under control. The last time we had one, it took, I think, nine months to get it under control. And then the big one in 20, uh, 1920, it took it 18 months for, for that to come under uh, control. With all of the new technology out today, um, the Internet of Things, virtual reality, augmented reality, the, the, the trend seems to be accelerated because of the pandemic. And so more and more people are, are starting, you know, work from home. That's always been around, right. but it's huge now. And I don't think it's going to change. That's right. Uh, I think uh, businesses will gain financial strength if they really, I guess I'm trying to say, grasp the virtual side of things. Mm-hmm. So I know you're doing seminars and public speaking. Mm-hmm. I know that you have recently been certified as a virtual trainer. Yes. Because you're moving more of your stuff uh, to, to an online presence. Talk mm-hmm. about that for a little bit. So as a public speaker, you know, you do a lot of traveling and in-person talks. And so when COVID hit, immediately everyone was canceling. You know, so dates were canceled. Jobs were canceled. And you start to see this trend of, okay, we have to go online. So immediately, my mind was I have a media background. 
Let me make sure that I look different on camera. So that was the first thing. And so I started to now practice on how to do talks sitting down or creating a space where I could stand up and do talks virtually because I said, I think this is going to happen. And then I found through organizations where you could be certified as a presenter. Mm -hmm. So I just jumped into these arenas because I said, you know what, if it's going to happen, I want to be the first one to offer a service that's the same. It's just that now you have less overhead. Let me jump in here for a second. Sure. Because one of my uh, first episodes that that I did on making sense of multimedia, I talked to I guess a presenter and and what he did was explain how to present on camera. Mm-hmm. And I know I've, I've done video. I'm, I'm not a video guru by any right. uh, means and, and I'm trying to get there, but I do know trying to speak on camera is just you is not the easiest thing to do. Right. Did you find yourself having difficulties doing that? And that's why you uh, moved to get certified and learn how to present on camera? Well, to be honest, I w- I'm a member of this organization called Toastmasters. Okay. And so I speak on a regular weekly basis. So that wasn't the issue at that point in time because I had been with the organization about three years. So for me, it was just a matter of not having the feedback. And I had to, you know, force myself to, it's like talking in the mirror to yourself. Right. You know, and, 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 and anticipating what the crowd is doing. So you have to get in your space. You have to get in that now this acting space where you're like, okay, the crowd's laughing at that. Let's move on. Yeah. So you really, (laughs) it's the same thing. You really had to presenting on camera because I've, I've done talks in front of sizable groups, not, you know, thousands of people, but uh, uh, other people as a director, it's different when you're on camera because like you said, you don't have that feedback. That's right. And it's not easy to do, and I'm still trying to, I'm still oh, no. trying to get a hold of it now. Yeah, and it's not easy when you practice often. It's you know, it's there are times when I record myself. You know, you can look at yourself and record yourself, right? And I watch it back, and I'll look for mannerisms or ticks, or and I go, "Wow, I don't like that I'm doing that." You know, and I'll critique myself, and that still happens, no matter how comfortable. But the more you practice, and the more comfortable you get, it resonates with the people watching you, right? You know, and and looking into that camera as opposed to looking at that screen, they feel like I've been told sometimes, you know, it felt like you were talking to me. So you could talk to 100, 200 people. But if you're looking in that camera, everyone feels that individual connection. So it's just little things over time that you continually work. And it's it's progress. It's it's a work in progress. It is. It is. And it's again, it's not easy. Um, No, it takes it takes a lot of work. So, yes, the three steps of. Forest tough, tough <laughs> with goal setting. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was a good one. I like. <laughs> um, Let's talk about streaming for a second here. Um, yeah. I've started looking at streaming media and using um, different software packages and devices. Uh, we're not going to really get into uh, gear so much. Okay. There's a whole plethora of YouTube videos and everything else. Everybody talking about gear. Sometimes I I get tired of looking at some of them. Right. But um, streaming, streaming media. Are you doing it? Are you offering it as a service to uh, clients? 
Mm-hmm. What's, what's your take on uh, streaming, whether it's recorded or live? Yes, we are offering that. It's something you can do for you know churches. Of course, a lot of churches need streaming media because they're doing live broadcasts and they need to have viewers and you know for meetings, uh, things of that nature. So it is something that we offer. And it's also great for TV shows now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to produce a TV show, you know, there's ways to do it. If you look at all the major networks, you know, the sports channels, you notice that everybody's streaming in during the interviews now because right. they can't come in the studio. So there are a lot of different applications, but that is a service that we offer. Okay. And you mentioned about TV. So okay. you're also a TV host. Yes. And you have a show called uh, Tough Talk. Yes. That show focuses on business, community events, politics, technology. Um, I'm assuming it's just in the Georgia or the Atlanta area. No, we've, we've interviewed people internationally. It started out being something in Georgia, but some of the guests came from other countries and other states. So it started to expand. I watched not all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I had to find it. So I want to make sure that we have that in the show notes so so people won't have to uh, dig deep in the digital trash can like <laughs> I did uh, yeah. to find it. Yeah. But one of your shows that you talked about that really stood out to me, it really stood out. And now I'm flipping back to I have five sisters kind right. of thing. And it's the women who mean business. Yes. I watched that one and uh, I was intrigued by the two young ladies that you interviewed. And I'm going to go back and watch it because for us, each time I watch or listen to something, I'm always looking for at least one takeaway. Right. If I can get one takeaway, if it's an hour long or two hours, if I can get one takeaway from that. It was worth my time. I had several takeaways by listening to what they were talking about. That show really stood out to me. And it did because I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. I have five sisters. We all have our backgrounds and what we've done. Uh, yes. One of my sisters uh, who lives in Philadelphia is now the uh, interim president of the Urban League. That just happened, I think, about two weeks ago. To me, and I I always talk to my daughter about these things too, that you always keep moving forward. And and those two women really stuck out to me. And I do want to mention on one of my other podcast shows, I interviewed a young lady, uh, Gabby Dimeke. Okay. And what she's doing, we, we had such a great talk. We talked about 15 minutes after the show ended, just she and I, <laughs> right? Because she she did this this personal project, and the personal project when she was living in New York, uh, it was called Badass uh, Badass Women, mm-hmm. and it was about women, female entrepreneurs. She selected fifty of those uh, fifty uh, women, and she did a photo essay on them. Now she recently moved to Austin, and I just saw that she's doing a BAW segment in Austin. And I sent her a text and say, you should take that across the U.S. because I really liked it. So the women who mean business one really stood out to me. And I know I'm talking a lot and I'll let you go ahead and and talk (laughs) about that one. Wow. 
That's great. I, I think just on a quick note, that's the purpose of the show because you want people to watch it and find meaning. And the reason that show was so important, if many may not know, October is National Women's Small Business Month. Right. And I really, like I said, I have daughters, I have sisters, I have a mother. And while I love to highlight men, I think it's important to highlight women that are making a significant impact in our world. And these were two business women that I've worked with that have been doing phenomenal things. And when I thought about this episode, they immediately came to mind. And it's just interesting. One was an engineer, one is a linguist, and just some of the things that they've done in their business and how they've continued to evolve and grow and just the things that they do in so many areas. That's what really drew me because their stories are so interesting to me having worked with them. Yeah, they are. They are. And, and the, 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 uh, just jumping in here, mm-hmm. the linguist, when she, she couldn't even speak English. Couldn't even speak it. And now she, she uh, speaks what? Four or five different languages? Four or five languages. Fluently? Yes. And trained. She was a national certified trainer and has moved on into other things. So just amazed by what they've done. Those are the things that motivate and inspire me. And I hope those who are listening to this podcast show will get some motivation and inspiration from that and from what you're doing uh, as well. Thank you. Jumping back to you for a minute. You like to pay it forward. And some folks forget where they came from, forgot what they want to be or want to do, or they don't want to give back. They, they want to take. Right. So you are a business mentor with SCORE. Yes. I believe you have won some awards uh, from them. So what do you coach and in, in, uh, teach as a mentor for SCORE? Business startup. And sustainability in a nutshell, you know, how to get started and how to maintain your business. Sustainability. I think I need to talk to you about that (laughs) (laughs) separately. (laughs) I think I could gain something from that. (laughs) Um, All score areas are not the same. I can attest to that. Okay. Having lived in different areas, I'm, I'm now in Northern Virginia, about 35 miles south of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to uh, speak with people at SCORE in Washington, D.C., this was several years ago, my experience mm-hmm. was terrible. And yeah. I, I ended up not dealing with them at all. Right. What makes you different as a SCORE mentor? Well, SCORE in itself, is diversifying. Originally, it was retired executives, uh, and it was about 99% white males. Exactly. So over time, the market has changed, and SCORE is looking to change with the market. So when I joined the organization going on six years ago now, when I started, there was no one that looked like me. But I realized that they had resources and information that I needed, number one, and that I needed to give to my community. So sometimes you have to go into uncharted waters to help be the change that you want to see. And so as a business owner, I'd learned a lot because these were very experienced, smart individuals that had great information and resources and they were willing to give. But sometimes they may not know how to reach out to certain areas. So that's where you come in. You help spearhead that change. And I think many other 
mentors in the minority community have done that. And SCORE has opened up their arms to the change so that now there is a different feel or there's a change happening in this organization, organization, which is a resource partner through the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Right. So the Atlanta metro area, I, I am familiar with it, uh, right. seems to be a mecca, I guess, maybe I can use that word for yes. uh, African-American entrepreneurs. Yes, that would be correct. I know the last, not the last podcast, but one before, I think I mentioned to you before, it was two uh, young men. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call themselves content creators in there in Atlanta metro area. And they're really doing their thing, which mm-hmm. I, I was happy about. And we had a, a great conversation. But you also have an initiative that you call Paying It Forward. Mm-hmm. Well, the Pay It Forward initiative is basically financial resources for local minority nonprofit organizations. So I felt that volunteering is definitely a great resource, but there are also organizations that need money. And so with that, we started this program in 2014 that donates money to local nonprofits that are making a difference in the community and just need sometimes financial resources to maybe spearhead an organization or spearhead an initiative, you know, or get a program started. So that's where that came from. Do you look at like a specific project or projects that they're working on or, or their business model? Mm-hmm. How do you select uh, these uh, folks? So on our website, there's a questionnaire in which they have to fill out a lot of information first. So then we can begin the vetting process to look into the organization, Mm -hmm. check out their back history, check out what they're doing. We make sure that to the best of our ability, we find organizations that are truly doing things and and we know that we'll use this money in a way to really help. And they're a good steward of the finances. So that's the process. It's not something we just hand select them. They actually have to go through a vetting process and fill out the paperwork and have conversations and interviews to actually win this grant. And and what's the website uh, for folks who want to possibly uh, apply for that? The company is One Vision Productions and the website is onevizprod.com. That's O-N-E, V as in Victor, I, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, R, O, D as in David.com onevizpride.com and there's a link for giving back and there you can find information about the pay it for grant great and we'll make sure we have that in the show notes as well okay i know you may be busy and have other things to do i could sit here and talk all day to you until probably i fill up my hard drive with (laughs) (laughs) with the wave files But we touched we touched on just a few areas of of One Vision uh, Productions. How can a business, nonprofit, or govern, government agency uh, get in touch with you for more information? You can email me at info at onevizprod the same as a website, or you can contact me by phone six seven eight seven five four. 
888-242-2882. That is my personal cell phone. You can speak with me. Four is tough. Is there anything that I didn't ask you or we didn't cover that you would like to put out? I would like to leave this one thought. Whenever you go out to do something, make sure that you are clear on what you want. I'm in business. I'm in the business to make money. I'm not a nonprofit in the sense that I make money to give it back out. No, I make money to keep it, but I choose to make sure that I give back because it creates a balance. I think in whatever you do, depending on how you want to go about your business, make sure you know why you're doing it. You know, don't just give just to say, oh, I give, you know, do it because there's a purpose. Maybe there's a reason for it. So whatever you do, I think that final point would be make sure you know why you're doing it and have purpose in doing what you do. Forrest, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Like I said, I can sit here and we can just chat for another two hours. Yeah, why not? uh, (laughs) I I know. I know we can talk about other things and I do want to invite you back on the show for maybe some more uh, detailed uh, conversations about your business and uh, with, with media and video in, in detail, in detail. So with that, I'm going to say again, Forrest, thank you for being on the show. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you check out the show notes. Um, Forrest has a plethora of things out there. Make sure you go and look at Tough Talk. Those videos on there are amazing. With that, I'm going to get out of here. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. You can also leave me a message about this episode or suggest new content. Go to speakpipe.com forward slash making sense of or click on the link in the show notes and leave a brief audio message. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you next time.